brother, or a wife, but really to escape Esau is as much a mo motivation as anything. And um, not the first time a wife has been sought in this general region. Remember what other story we had about that? Yes, Isaac's wife. Who, who, did Isaac go and get his wife from there? Who went? The servant of? Abraham. Abraham, yeah. So there's, there's going to be some comparisons, obviously, uh, to that story and some contrasts. So would somebody read chapter 29, verses 1 to 12? Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the sons of the east. And he looked and saw well in the field, and behold, three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it. For from that well they watered the flocks. Now the stone on the mouth of the well was large. When all the flocks were gathered there, they would then roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. And Jacob said to them, My brothers, where are you from? And they said, We are from Haran. And he said to them, Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, We know him. And he said to him, them, Is it well with him? And they said, It is well. And behold, Rachel, his daughter, is coming with the sheep. And he said, Behold, it is still high day. It is not time for the livestock to be gathered. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered. And they roll the stone from the mouth of the well. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her husband with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. And it came about when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, that Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted his voice and wept. And Jacob told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and that he was Rebekah's son. And she ran and told her father. Okay. So Jacob journeys eastward. And... Um, comes to a familiar spot, a, if you're hard up for a woman, try a well, you know, seems to have been the uh, favorite meeting spot, um, and there's some flocks of sheep there and so forth, but they've got sort of a situation with this well, uh, what keeps people from just going up and using it anytime they want? Yeah, and so it kind of protects the well, I guess. Jacob's kind of wanting these shepherds to go ahead and kind of, you know, use the well and, you know, move on. Maybe he was hoping for some time alone when Rachel got there. He's, you know, heard she's coming. Uh, but they say, no, we can't go ahead and just water our flocks on our own because... Big stone. Yeah, and how do they work that? Look at the way till everybody gets there. Yeah, it's a big stone, <laughs> I guess. You know, so you wait till everybody gets there and you remove the stone and uh, then they water the sheep. Well, while he's still speaking, Miss Rachel shows up with her father's sheep. And when Jacob saw her, what did he do? He removed the stone. Whoa. That's pretty impressive. Kind of a Samson-esque sort of a move there. It makes you wonder if she gave him special strength or if maybe it wasn't that big and they were just waiting together to remove the stone out of custom or something. I don't know. But it's like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And uh, then, what does he do? 
kissed Rachel and she slapped him. <laughs> and he cried like a baby. <laughs> there are some women that once you kiss them, it'll make you cry. No, I don't think that's really the point. But, you know, uh, he was in the right place. He met the right person. Uh, she's pretty. Uh, it's an emotional moment for him. I mean, I, I would think this whole idea of of leaving and, and going there was uncertain, was insecure. You don't know what it's going to be like. You know, are you going to really get there? Are you going to meet, you know, Laban and his daughters and all this? And so it's kind of probably the release of all that emotion, you know. And, and so, but this is really, this is amazing. I mean, uh, she's right there. And uh, he explains to Rachel who he is. And she runs and tells her father. This is a lot like the story in Genesis 24. You know, with, you know, you got the same place and Fadenarum, you got the well, you got the girl that's come suddenly, you know, you've got the man that will go and stay with, you know, the, uh, um, I guess, father-in-law to be. And uh, you have the, the marriage that's arranged. I mean, it's, it's a similar story. What are some things that you see as really different between this story and the story in Genesis 20, 24? You don't see him praying or asking or checking with God if this is the right thing. Which was such a strong point in Genesis 24 that I think that is a significant contrast. You don't really sense that Jacob is thinking so much about the Lord and relying so much on the Lord in this. At least it sure isn't stated and it was stated a lot back in chapter 24. And would you trace that back to his parents? Well, yes, perhaps, but I think I'd trace that back to Jacob's nature. He never has seemed to turn to the Lord much for things. He kind of grabs them for himself in underhanded ways. This isn't necessarily underhanded, but when you've had that pattern in your life, you don't normally turn to God for things. You normally do them on your own. I think that's where a lot of times we're at. You know, did you intentionally snub God and decide not to pray to him? Or was it just you've always been used to doing everything yourself and not even thinking about the Lord in it? I suspect that's what happens. I'll tell you another difference that, you know, is interesting. When Abraham's servant went to find a wife for Isaac, he had all kinds of presents. He, was, he, was, he went well loaded down. You know, Jacob pretty much comes empty-handed. <laughs> he doesn't have a whole lot to give, which is kind of important, I think, in the story, because uh, there's really not a dowry, you know, that he has available. All right, other comments or questions through 12? I wonder why the big story about the rock and the well and all that. Doesn't, I'm not sure exactly even the meaning or... You know, we don't know why they couldn't roll the stone away or what the purpose of that story even is. I'm not sure I can tell you uh, either. Um, I mean, I do wonder if this makes us think about how Jacob was able to roll this himself. If that, That's kind of impressive. Uh, beyond that, I don't know. I would have got an answer to that. It's a good question.
or why they even keep it covered up in the first place. Yeah. What if it, it's the same well? I don't know about that either. I, I, I mean, maybe protecting it in some way. You know, you wouldn't get anything falling into it or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Well, how about 13 to 20? So when Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him into the house. And he related to Laban all these things. Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him a month. <coughs> then when Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now, Jake, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. And Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel's were beautiful, and Ra but Rachel was beautiful of form and face. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than give her to another man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of his love for her. What does Laban do when he hears the news? He's anxious. He runs out to meet him. He's running again. He, he's run before. Uh, though this time he doesn't have as much loot to look at, uh, but he does have a potential uh, shepherd and herdsman, I guess, and uh, brings him into his house. And Laban makes a statement that I think is kind of ironic in view of the rest of the story. What does he say to him in verse 14? Surely you are my bone and my flesh. Boy, was he ever. <laughs> Jacob, I don't know whether you want to call Jacob Laban-like or Laban-Jacob-like, but uh, like a man-like nephew, I guess, like uncle-like nephew. Uh, they, they're going to have a lot in common, we will find out. And he stays a month, and Laban's like, well, i got to pay you. What, are you, what kind of wages, you know, bargain for the wages? Well, Laban has these two girls. Who are they? Leah and Rachel. Know what the names mean? I don't know what to make of this, but Leah means cow, and <laughs> Rachel means you, like E-W-E-U. Um, so, I don't know, that wouldn't be my choice. but um, And, well, you know, the two girls are a little different. Besides the fact that Leah's older than, Ra older than Rachel, what's the difference between them? their physical appearance. Yeah. Who's prettier? Rachel. Rachel, the younger one. Why isn't Leah pretty? She has weak eyes. She has the weak eyes, which I must say, wait till the next section, she's not the only one. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I don't know. Somehow in her eyes, she just isn't that uh, captivating or something. So, he said, name your wages. What, what, what do you want me to pay you? Well, Jacob's got an idea. What does he suggest? Work for him for seven years. Yeah, I'll work for Rachel. I'll work seven years to get Rachel. 
What do you think about that? He wasn't in any hurry to go home. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, he doesn't have anything better to do. He's really not welcome back where the family is. Good point. It must have been an extravagant offer because Laban accepted it. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it gets to be a little more extravagant than what he thought. And, you know, what does Laban say? It's better that I give her to you than to give her to another man. Stay with me. Uh, we assumed the her was Rachel, but I'm not sure that's what Laban had in mind. So I'll tell you, 14 years and get both of your daughters palmed off on a guy is pretty good. Um, but yeah, Laban does accept it. Um, is it possible he does some sort of a calculation, you know, here about a typical dowry, what typical wages would be? I don't know. Surely they don't typically give seven years wages as a dowry. That seems like a lot. That seems like a lot to me. I don't know. I'm glad we're not in the dowry days, but I don't know what they usually were. Anybody ever uh, had a dowry paid? Uh, <laughs> Betty's, Betty's brother is marrying a African and her uncles, who are the ones that do the negotiating with the woman's uncles, are negotiating with her brother's Brother. brothers. They do the negotiation for the dowry, and their initial price was $52,000. <laughs> Whoa! And that's why they're negotiating. <laughs> wow. Wow. And it depends on how much the guy makes and how where he's from and where you know he's schooling as to what the price is. <laughs> I said I'd, tell her, I'd kiss her goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I don't know. But still, that's not seven. That's not seven years. No, that's wages. true. No. Not even that. I don't know, seven years sounds like a lot. I say this is, you know, he's uh, lovesick. Yeah. You know, I mean, what if he says, you know, I'll serve you for, you know, a week and a half for her. What's that going to sound like to Rachel? <laughs> you know, this is like, have you ever noticed the stupid things, you know, guys do when they get in love? <laughs> you know, they, they spend mega bucks for, you know, a small piece of a hard rock. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, love just does crazy things to your, uh, you know, logic. So, <laughs> that I think that's what happened here. I don't know. But what's even funnier to me, he worked seven long years for Rachel, except how did they seem to him? He was in love. Wow. Wouldn't that make it go longer? I would have thought so too. <laughs> if he was so in love and couldn't have her yet, I would think that would. Well, I, th I suppose this is just every day proving even more how much he loves her. I don't know. Shoot. <laughs> it's kind of funny for us, but I'm sure it was serious to him. I, I think all this too really accentuates the shock of what happens next. You know, he spent seven years every day dreaming of the moment he'll be able to marry Rachel. And I guess he gets room and board, too, so. All right, comments or questions through 20?
21 to 30. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed, that I may go in to her. And Laban gathered all the men of the place and made a feast. Now it came about in the evening that he took his daughter Leah and brought her to him, and Jacob went in to her. Laban also gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So it came about in the morning that, behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Was it not for Rachel that I served with you? Why then have you deceived me? But Laban said, It is not the practice in our place to marry off the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also for the service which you shall serve with me for another seven years. And Jacob did so and completed her week and gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. And he gave him. Uh, Laban also gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her maid. So Jacob went in to Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he served with Laban for another seven years. Look at 21. What do you think's happening right here? Reading between the lines. It sounds like Laban had kind of forgotten about... Oh, that's... Yeah, uh, I think Jake kind of has to prod Laban that it's time for the wedding now, you know. Laban's <laughs> probably been happy to go along a few more years, you know, in that arrangement. That's what it looks like to me, and knowing Laban, I can see that. You know, so okay, they're going to have the wedding. And, um, well, doesn't work out quite the way that Jacob had in mind, because he gets his wife, and when he wakes up the next morning... He married the wrong one. Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> you know, it's an old line by now, but uh, still, wow, uh, wow. I mean, man, that's just like terrible. <laughs> I mean, how could that happen? Uh, and can you imagine? Wow, I mean, this is just overwhelming to him. Um, and uh, of course, what's Laban's explanation? <laughs> By the way, yeah. <laughs> forgot to tell you a little detail here. Can't break custom. Yeah, <laughs> I assumed you knew. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we always marry off the older one first. Uh, you know, I mean, after all, Jacob's been over here for seven years. You'd think he'd have heard something about that in that length of time. <laughs> You know, and his mother was Laban's sister, and he'd lived with her for 77 years. You'd think she'd have mentioned that custom somewhere along the line, you know. Uh, and I think an honest man makes that clear in the original contract. You know, wow. That's, and so, of course, I mean, what kind of a generous arrangement does Laban offer? I'll give you Yes, and when does he get her? Right away. He'll give her at the beginning of the seven years, and then he works to pay her off for seven years, so he really marries the two almost at the same time. At least he doesn't have to wait another seven years to actually get her, but he has to keep working for another seven years 
to pay her off. You know, seven years for a wife seemed like a high price, so Laban did pretty well with him for himself for 14 years. You know, wow. But you know, how did this end up working out? Well, I don't mean, you know, the strife in the family, but but can you see a way that, that God caused his purposes to come to pass in this in this arrangement? And what did God promise to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob? Yeah, multiplying seed, you know. Well, that, I mean, I think God uses this to provide a lot of offspring, you know. And so God will use even wicked things. Now, there's something else here. I'm sure you've thought about this. But uh, is there a way in which you think Jacob gets what's coming to him? Why would we think that? He's deceived others to get what he wanted, and he's being deceived. Yeah, the trickster got tricked. You know, kind of touche there. In fact, <coughs> Jacob was passed off as the older son. Leo was passed off as the younger daughter. Jacob acted at the instigation of his mother, and evidently Leah at the instigation of her father. Isaac didn't know when he'd blessed the younger son, and Jacob didn't know when he'd married the older daughter. There's just so many ways of looking at that that are so ironic. I mean, he really did reap what he sowed. And you know the other one that's ironic, I'll just uh, throw this out uh, ahead of time, uh, with Jacob, another one of those. The same Jacob that deceived his father with goat's hair was deceived by his sons with goat's blood on that coat. Who never thought about that one? So, I mean, Jacob gets paid back. You know, what he does, you know, comes back to haunt him. And, and I mean, I think there's something to that. I mean, I believe that the Lord has, has worked things out here to where Jacob is, is you know, he's reaping what he sows. And, uh, but wow, what a hard way to learn that lesson. Comments and thoughts? Also, the, I mean, the, the line to Jesus came through Leah. You're right. So, and God used that as well. Good point. Absolutely. Leah was Judah's mother. And for that matter... Levi's mother, and you could argue that those are the two most important tribes. You know, the kingship and the priesthood come through Leah. God has a way of kind of balancing things out. Because between the two wives, which one does Jacob like more? Rachel. You know, we've already had problems with favoritism in this family. You know, it had been parental favoritism. Now it's uh, wifeful favoritism. <laughs> if we can make that into a Adjective, I don't know. Um, so, I mean, that's going to create all kinds of stress. In fact, no, never marry two wives. It's just not a good idea. And worse when they're sisters. Well, it's interesting then Leviticus prohibits that. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. 
All right. Um, other comments or questions through verse 30? So Jacob's now 84 while marrying these yes. two. Yes. Are they younger women or are they about the age too? I don't know. Seems kind of I hope they're younger. Weird. They'd be cousins. They'd be cousins. Generation. Yeah. But Laban appeared to be older in the previous story than Rebecca. Remember, though, Rebecca couldn't have children for 20 years after she came down to... Because that would make it up the other way, wouldn't it? We'd hate to think that Rachel was older. I don't know. Well, they have they have kids. They're, they're having kids, and, and there's no state statement about, wow, you know, here they are, 90-plus years old, having... Yes. Which... Sarah seemed too old. Right. So. But so did Abraham. And now Isaac is, I mean, now Jacob's 80, 80 some. Actually, he'll be 90 by the time, or over. Yeah. 90 by the time Joseph's born. Oh, way over, yeah. I mean, uh, Benjamin. Yeah, way over. Uh, close to 100. They were all born in the next seven years. Except no. for Benjamin. Is that right? It You're says, right. Because it says so. Yeah, but Benjamin was born after they came back into the land, right? Right, so it would have been 14 years after. Right, at least. So. Yeah. Seven years from the time he married Leah until he left. No, it was another that's six. six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but it. Because Benjamin was born in the land in chapter 35. Right, but he had 11 of the 12 before he left, and I think, I think you're right. the next seven years. I think you're right. Before the six years. Yeah, I think you're right. Sir. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You're right. So he had 11 of the 12 in the next seven years. So making him 80 or 91. And then Benjamin when he was pushed Another 100. six, yeah. Of course, Abraham had a bunch when he was after 100. If he married Keturah later, that's right. Yeah, some of that stuff I'm not sure how to deal with, but it may be that the question mark is more on the woman than the man as far as the age is concerned. So maybe Laban had his daughters late in life. It does, I mean, they're not, you know, living a long time here, long, long time, but I mean, you know, Abraham's 175 and Isaac's 180 and you know, Jacob's 147. I mean, that, that does make some difference on your perspective. I mean, if you had an average life expectancy of 160, you know. I don't, and even in that, I I think it's a good possibility that the dates and all that are not consecutive, you know, with the with the kids, because even in the stories coming up, one of the kids goes and pulls mandrakes and gives them to Leah before six of the other 12 are even born or something like that. Yeah, so several of the others. You know, so, and if they're all 12 of those born in seven years, several times it says she quit bearing, how would she even know for a a year or so? (laughs) Yeah. But you do have four women that you're dealing with. Three. But Four. but they but they were never at the same time. It was always one stopped bearing, so then the other one was given, and then the next one comes along, and so it's really hard to. Yeah, I don't know how to figure all that out. Work that out. Maybe we're summarizing the children. I don't know. 
Yes. I can't figure out how you didn't know it was Leah until morning. Weak eyes. I assume she was veiled. <laughs> I can't figure out. How uh, maybe maybe he enjoyed the uh, night's festivities a little much. <laughs> I forgot to flip the lights on in the tent when he entered. <laughs> That's a good line. Did they not say anything? Well, she sounded a lot like her sister. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 but Jacob didn't sound like Esau, so. Yeah, it's true. Girls sound more alike than guys do. <laughs> I'm just making that up. The voice is that of Leah. <laughs> 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 but the hairy hands give it up. Let's not go there. <laughs> I don't know. But the hands are that of Rachel. <laughs> uh, well. I think we've uh, gotten all we can out of that section. <laughs> and then some, so. Uh, verse 31 to 35. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons, therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she called his name Judah. Then she stopped there. Okay. So, the Lord is the one who controls the womb, and who does he start giving children to? Leah. Why? Because she was unloved. Yes. Don't you appreciate how the Lord always seems to act decisively for the weak, the oppressed, the non-favored one? And don't you see how Jacob's schemes just aren't working the greatest? He tried to marry Rachel and got Leah. He tried to build his family through Rachel, but she was barren. You know, he doesn't, he's not as much control here as what he'd like to be, I suspect. And so Leah starts having children. And how does she name her children? After her, uh, how, either how she feels she's being treated or how she feels. Yes. She named them emotionally. <laughs> yes, she did. The names of these children bear constant witness to the struggle between her and Jacob. And, uh, you know, and she keeps thinking this will be the one that will, you know, gain Jacob's heart. Doesn't seem to ever work like that, does it? You know, she's not the first woman who, or the last who's thought that. You know, pregnancy is no guarantee that your spouse will love and support you. And, you know, women who think that are just fooling themselves. It doesn't change anything in Jacob, it doesn't seem like. And so finally, when she conceives Joseph, she names him Praise. Uh, she seems to have stopped naming her kids for her fight with Jacob. Um, and, and Leah, I'll tell you, she is prolific. Do you know how many children we know by name she had? 
<laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah. Sounds like horse trotting or something. Mm -hmm. Sounds like making coffee. Yeah, that's <laughs> that too. Sounds like something's blown up in there. <laughs> well, Smoke starts coming, that's really. <laughs> so do you know how many children Leah has? Seven. We know of seven by name. Do what? And that's one for every year that Jacob worked for her. Now, as it turns out, we know she has the first four, and then later she has two more, and she has Dinah. So, that's seven. Yes. You said that she bore Joseph and named him Praise? No, Judah. Did I say Joseph? I'm sorry. I should have said Judah. Thank you. All right, uh, anything else on chapter 29? Chapter 30, verses 1 to 8.